The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Good afternoon. Seven, eight, Hope you're doing well. Can you mute Seven, Zoom? Eight, eight, Is that possible? Four. Can you do that? Just messing around with some... Don't you love Zoom? <laughs> I mean, we're all like in the Zoom world now. Uh, so we're uh, working with that uh, for our friends at... Uh, Bob Jones University and BJU Seminary where every once in a while we'll run into just like some little thing with Zoom. Usually not a radio issue on the radio side of it, but you know, there's multiple things going on here where we've got the radio, right? So we're broadcasting regular radio, truth radio, our other radio partners, uh, which we thank the Lord for. And then there's Facebook and then there's uh rumble and then there's zoom and so you have all these different things going on at the same time and if one little thing <laughs> gets out of order then you end up with uh you're like oh no and one thing doesn't connect and another thing doesn't connect so there's a lot of different ways that this can go wrong and so every once in a while we have to play old-fashioned radio stuff and actually just get on the phone and like do a normal <laughs> Like back in the day before we had all the video stuff. And so we're going to do that, even though uh, our, our, our our guest today on Theology Thursday, uh, Christopher has been on before, uh, most in picture and television, Academy of Art University, cinema and video production at Bob Jones University. And we've had a fascinating conversation last time because we're both movie people. And it's funny, Christopher, that we're both movie people, but we can't get video working. How you doing? It's nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on now? You are on the radio via your phone, but you're not on via Zoom. I have a face for radio, my friend. I have a face for radio. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Say. Is like, what are either one of us doing on video? We should just be <laughs> all audio all the time. Anyway, how well, you doing? It's nice exciting. to see you. I'm I'm well. I'm very well. I I'm enjoying the excitement of it all. So, what did I miss? Uh, just the fact that I can see you on Zoom, but we can't. Like I could I I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Right? Was that the problem? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So those are some settings. So actually, if she doesn't want to bother with it, we don't have to bother with it. You could just turn Zoom That's off. Fine. And we can just uh, figure out what happened later, and and we can uh, yeah. we can debrief some other time, and we'll just stick with. We'll just stick with uh, the phone, but it's, it's great to see you're back at school. Classes have started. How are things going so far? It is going great. I need to give a shout out to my students right now. I had to leave class to get here. And so my aesthetics of the cinematic arts class uh, are sitting. They were going to watch it, but now they can just hear me. Do you, do you find people, Christopher, are still a little surprised that uh, Bob Jones University, which is coming up on its 100th birthday. It's coming up on a, on 100 years. Really amazing yeah. uh, history there. That that the fine arts and cinema motion picture uh, is such a big deal there. I mean, for most people, they're like, what? I mean, that doesn't sound like something you would do at a at a conservative Christian university. But yet there you are. 
Yeah, it really is amazing that people don't know that we have a film program for as long as we've had it. In fact, uh, the founder and the founder's son really emphasized fine arts. Uh, you know, the founder involved in film early on and wanted to emphasize that, and that was one of his goals. And so his son starting the film industry here on the university's campus and then utilizing it to start with Shakespeare films and religious Vesper films and musical films really was very influential at the time. But most people don't know that. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. I mean, I, I, I had I had some glimpses of it just living in this part of the country and hearing some things about what was going on at Bob Jones University, of course, uh, a world-renowned uh, Christian art exhibit and all that kind of stuff. But the motion picture part uh, was a curveball to me. And when I found out, like Liberty University does some of that stuff too. Our son, I think right. you and I have talked about this before, Christopher, our, our son is in the gaming yep. industry. He lives out in San Francisco. He went to Full Sail University down in Orlando, uh, which is like yeah, a mecca yeah. of media arts. But do we have, and, and I, and I, I have all different kinds of directions I would love to always talk to you about because we both have a passion for film. Was there anything on your mind, by the way, that you wanted to really dive in today? I mean, I've got a hundred directions I could go, but I wanted to give you a first shot. Well, I, you know, I'm very open to it. When uh, I was asked to be on here, I jotted down a million things. But then I thought, <laughs> you know what? You're so good at drawing out from your guests the most uh, vital thing to talk about. Well, uh, so, okay. Well, that's very kind of you to say. So let me set this up. Here's, here's what I'd like <laughs> us to do. Uh, it I, off. I find this with, you know, cause I've got a couple hundred students that are all high school age. So when I drop right. movie references with them, most of them are fine with that. They're not, they're not looking at me cockeyed thinking that, Oh, Oh my gosh, my teacher is uh, a reprobate. You know, and I'll, I'll bring up examples and I'll talk about different things. Uh, but I know right. for some of them, it seems a little unchristian that I would have a, a pretty good knowledge of uh, the movie world. And then I know for some parents right. that that makes them a little bit nervous. So I'd, I'd kind of like to unpack this. I know we talked about it, but it's been a while. Just how do we approach right. secular, forget Christian cinema, forget that. Let's just talk about secular cinema. How do we approach diet, discernment? How do we how do we live out our faith in the context of it? Or do do we ever agree with the Christians that say you should never go see a secular movie, period, because it's full of sin? Well, uh, you know, there's so many different viewpoints on it. I think the beginning of film had a connotation in which it was shown the, the vaudevillian theaters and that kind of idea and preachers naturally gravitated against that and and. So that idea of the theater, the darkened area, and going there uh, was what was preached against in the culture. And that kind of grew up. And, uh, you know, I start to look at this, the history of it, and I start to say, okay, it is a part of our culture. And for a Christian to know how to discern and know mm. what to watch is very important. We, we study film uh, like we should study literature yeah. or art or yeah. any other uh, art form, film just takes them all in. And it's just an incredible art form that uses everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. Literally, yeah. I'm going to put you on hold, Christopher. We're talking to Christopher. Great. Uh, it's great to have you back. I'm going to put you on hold. He's a film guy. I'm a film guy. Should we be film guys as Christians? Film guys and gals, sorry. Should we be people that consume film? 
media. We'll keep talking about it on Theology Thursday. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Should you or should you not? Should should you go to the movies? Should you not? Is that just a pagan temple? And so you just need to avoid it. R-rated, that should be obvious, right? PG-13, maybe that should be obvious. PG, Disney movie, because now you got Disney movies. you got a bunch of Disney movies now, and they are going to uh, increase. This came out last year with that kind of... Uh, somebody that worked for Disney recorded some of their video sessions, uh, inter-company inter- video sessions. And the one lady, I can't remember her name, she's got two of her own kids that are kind of struck. I think one's pansexual, one's something else. And then she's like, hey, we would like to get 50% of our characters in Disney films up to uh, to be LGBTQIA members. And so when that stuff's going, listen, I'm never going to argue with you that there's not all kinds of worldly godless pollution inside of uh, almost every movie that's out there. Uh, but isn't that true of everything? So how do you work your way through that? And I think there is a level of, of personal conscience here that's not going to apply a hard and fast rule to all of us. And so there's going to have to be some wisdom and discernment here. And I think we're going to have to have a little charity towards one another. We're talking, it's Zytowitz, isn't it, Christopher? Is that correct? It is. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Zytowitz, who's uh, got a passion for film. Uh, he, as somebody oh, yeah. who actually is educated that way, me, I'm just a fan, but I, I've been a huge film fan since I was probably 11 when Star Wars came out, thus the T-shirt. Uh, so again, Christopher, thank, for, thank you for your time and just trying to work through yeah. a healthy way to approach cinema. Do we, are you comfortable? Because I think I am and I assume you are. When some people are like, I can never go see an R-rated movie and I understand that. Other people right, will say, I understand. yeah, and other people will say, actually, I can tolerate that. There's sometimes when I'm like, okay, I'm not like, let's talk about Oppenheimer for a second. Right. Because right. my wife and I went to see Oppenheimer with my father-in-law, who's 83, and our youngest daughter, who's 18. Now, we knew that there was right. some sexual content. So we're like, we know right. it's there. We know it's coming. It was pretty obvious when it was going to show up. So all of a sudden, it's a very awkward moment. I literally have my wife on my left side, my daughter on my right side. And so, okay, now for the next however many minutes, I'm going to stare into my nachos. And so we, right. we literally right. look away. And <laughs> and I know when I talked about that on the air, because for my wife and I, we're like, why did Christopher Nolan, I, I didn't understand why he felt like that was germane to the story. I didn't either. And Oppenheimer, and I'm like, that was really disappointing. But for, for us, it tainted the movie. It did not ruin the movie. But there were other people right. I know when I told them I saw Oppenheimer, they were like, oh, Steve, I'm so disappointed. And, and I understand where that's coming from, but let's just use that as an example, Christopher. How do we deal with something like that? Well, you know, that was the first Christopher Nolan film that I did not see at an IMAX. I take great joy in going to an IMAX and seeing a Christopher Nolan film, <laughs> the spectacle of it, the yes. storytelling, that huge screen all of it. In fact, um, I will usually go down to Atlanta to see it on a real IMAX. Then I'll go up wow. to Charlotte to see it on a dime, uh, a dome IMAX. But, you know, this time I, I had so many people invite me to go with them. Um, I decided I was going to Google why it was rated R and I made a decision not to go. Yeah. And man, it was a struggle to think through. But mm-hmm. I just thought it was best for me uh, and my background not to go. Yeah. You know, when it comes out on video, 
I will watch it with my wife, my wife who's very good at making the discernment, uh, knowing what's coming up. She is the queen of the remote for that. And so (laughs) for me and my house, it was better at that junction not to go see that. But there was another popular one that I did go see that a lot of Christians uh, were talking about. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, Barbie movie. Yeah. Have you talked about it on your show? I have. I actually, this was, uh, my wife and I went because of the same daughter. Uh, and obviously Barbie's right, got right. such a, such an international and wide age range scope. And so we went in, but I have a very uber, this uber conservative, uh, Christian friend of ours supported the ministry. I've known her for years and she's like, all right, I'm going to go see the Barbie movie. Now when she's, this woman's going to go see the Barbie movie. I'm like, she's gonna, she's going to hate this. She loved it. And she thought it was just funny how all so many right. conservative Christians were just like over the top reacting to it. She's like, the whole thing's kind of a joke. I don't know why we're taking this so seriously. What was your take on the Barbie? I, I had her in the studio. I did a whole show on it. Well, you know, my nieces wanted to see the film. And I'm thinking, okay, if this is that big in popular culture and I have so many people talking about it, my nieces are going to talk, uh, see it. I probably should go to see it so that I have the talking points with them as a reference. You know, I, I went in thinking, okay, it's going to be heavy feminism. I under, I think it's a well-crafted film. Um, there were parts that were enjoyable and there were parts that I could, you know, overlook as being crass and, you know, uh, but the part that I really wanted to talk to like my students and other is that moment when she meets her creator. And how big of a moment in the film that is and what's being said. You know, I think the director um, has a strong Catholic background. I get a sense of she's she's talking about God or or thinking about God and how all these things work. And so I, I enjoyed the film, but there were parts of it that, you know, are worth talking about. Yeah, I thought that was one of them when she meets their creator. And but that, I thought both sides were using it to get the other side to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and that it certainly great worked. Marketing. I mean, it was great marketing. It passed a billion dollars. I mean, it's been an, a, an absolute juggernaut. Uh, on that point, one of the things that I enjoy about cinema is where, like, like, like the director, not knowing where she, what her deal is spiritually, Catholic background. Right. Uh, so I don't know those specifics. The one thing I definitely know about her that I know about Christopher Nolan, that I know about Christopher Zeidowitz, that I know about Steve Noble, that I know about Steven Spielberg, that I know about George Lucas, that I know about every single actor that's been in every single movie that's ever been created, is that they're all made in the image of God. And because of that, they're all pulling out of the same box. We're all digging into the same Lego box. And so when I watch movies, Christopher, I'm like, I can that's true. I know where that's coming from. And that's a lie or that's disgusting or that's a distortion. And I know where that's coming from. So for me, movies end up being like a gym for my worldview. Does that make sense? Very much so. And that's part of the film world. And what I enjoy is that worldview that's coming out. This director is persuading you to see things through their eyes, Mm, using characters, music, all of these different things to persuade you to see through their point of view. 
And when you see this and you start to discern it and you start to say, okay, this is what I think about it. And that's how I felt about the Barbie film. It really challenged me to think through, okay, here is a feminist world. Here's Barbie waking up in a feminist world and she is not happy. And there has to be something more. And she struggles with that big idea that there's something more in it. And the whole film is almost, that's the big idea. There is something more to life than what we have around us. Yeah, it's such a powerful point. And that's where you have to have eyes to see. And so back to something you mentioned earlier, and I want to unpack this. Uh, the reality is film, cinema, movies is, 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 has become a very common language in this country. We don't have a common civic language anymore. We definitely don't have a common Correct. religious language anymore, but we do have a common language in film, which is why from an evangelistic standpoint, I think it's better that we can speak it to a certain extent than not. Christopher, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll be right back with Christopher Zeidowitz on Theology Thursday. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Have you seen any good movies lately? Uh, I used to do movie reviews on the show just about every Friday uh, when I had a little bit more time on my hands. Because uh, I would, the, movies for me, besides being fascinating and kind of a jungle gem for my biblical worldview, I am entertained by them. I am distracted by them. My mind works at, uh, at, at crazy levels. I got a lot of different things going on all the time. And so for movies, for me, for a couple of years, almost, listen to this, this might make, this might surprise you. Almost every Friday at around 11 a.m. or 12 p.m., I had that hole in my schedule. Uh, I didn't have to worry about radio till, you know, 2, 2.30, whatever. And then I, I, almost every Friday for a couple of years, I would go see a movie by myself, which at first I'm like, I'm creepy. This is a creepy person. I shouldn't be doing this. But then after a while, I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going anyway. Uh, because one of the things that happens to me when I go to a movie theater is my brain kind of shuts down from all the busyness that I'm usually a part of, and it's relaxing to me. And then it's a jungle gym, and then it's entertaining. So I, I would do that, and then I would talk about the movie that afternoon on the show, which was an easy way to come up with content for the Friday show because I would spend half of it doing a movie review. Uh, but I don't know that everybody sees it that way, which is why we're talking to Christopher Zeidowitz today from Bob Jones University who's heading up uh, their film efforts down there and uh, talk production seminar, aesthetics of cinematic arts, cinema directing, cinema lab. So if you have a son or daughter that wants to be in a Christian environment, but also wants to learn film and, and, uh, and media, man, what an incredible opportunity down at Bob Jones University. And they could work with somebody like Christopher. Anyway, great to have you here again, Christopher. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I'm glad, happy to be back. I've been uh, wanting to talk more with you about this idea. Yeah. And so I think that, uh, like, here, let me give you an example. <clears throat> One of my friends on Facebook Live uh, is is watching the show, and uh, he, you know, got concerns about Hollywood, like most conservative Christians does. So he says he right. really only wants to see, he's only going to see Christian films. I had a very interesting, Correct. which I understand, which I had a very interesting interaction recently. So Ordinary Angels, which was going to be coming out in October, right. now they're having to change the launch date because on the same weekend— the uh, the behemoth known as the Taylor Swift concert series, <laughs> she's dropped. She decides to drop this movie version of her era's concert tour. So they oh, like yeah. in the like in the first day, Christopher, they sold twenty four million dollars worth of advanced. Movie it is tickets. amazing. 
So the Orny Angels guys and John and Andy Irwin and all those guys are like, okay, we're, we're not going up against that. Forget it. So they're moving it. So I did several screenings of Ordinary Angels, which is really a powerful movie. Uh, but an older gentleman and his wife came to one of them. And, he, and, and his, he, I think he had an assumption, because it's a Christian film, that everybody that worked on the film, he said, now they hire all Christians to make these movies, don't they? And I said, no, they do not. As a matter of fact, the majority of the people on on the films that I've been intimately aware of with John and Andy Irwin, who are friends of mine, uh, are the majority of them are not. And when you ask them, why don't you just hire Christians? They say, we're trying to make a film with excellence. So we need to use the best tools and the best talent we can. We don't have a religious test. And then the other thing I added on the, on the production side was besides, uh, how does, how does that advance the gospel? If all you do for six months is work with other Christians. Why wouldn't you want some unbelievers in there? They're going to watch you make a Christian right. film. There's some, there's some influential Christians around them. Why wouldn't you want to do that? And so I guess my point there, Christopher, is uh, nothing's pure as the wind-driven snow. You just can't do it. It doesn't seem anyway. Right. And I, I think there are all different philosophies when it comes to art and who the artists are and what they're trying to convey. You know, John and Andy are using... Um, Hollywood and the talent that's around Hollywood to communicate their stories, and they're furthering it through that means. Whereas someone like uh, Stephen and Alex Kendrick, uh, they want to make sure presenting their film on the screen have very good testimonies. Yeah, and so they're vetted very well, and then they use Christians in production, and then there are key positions that they will hire someone who is a secular. A person who does not know the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they let them know up front, look, if you're going to work on the set, we pray together, we'd love to have you in, and they use it as a ministry. And so those two philosophies, neither one is the absolute way to do it. I think both of them, God has uh, blessed in their productions and in their crews. We had some students work on um, Stephen and Alex Kendrick's film this summer. And they wow. just loved the environment. I'm sure. So, yeah, and and Stephen yeah, and Alex would say we make films for the church, and John right, and Andy will much. say we make films to go invade the secular world. But the, the but one of John and Andy's tricks, <clears throat> which God has blessed, uh, because once they once they hooked up with Lionsgate, you know they, they the capital resources they have now are vastly different than they were a few years ago. Correct. And and they also use they're only doing true stories. So like Kurt Warner, you can't argue with that's a true story. Uh, Ordinary right. Angels with Hillary Swank, you can't argue it. It's a true story. Jesus Revolution, true story. And then you're just gonna have to grapple with the fact that these things actually happen. But they're trying to reach the culture in a different way. Steve and Alex are trying to encourage and edify the church, and they're both doing awesome Correct. work. They're just not doing the same thing. Right. And there's room for both. Um, uh, For the most part, you know, I saw Jesus Revolution, I think the first time was a rough cut, uh, and then a second rough cut, and then the final. It was a joy to take students to that and talk through it and talk about the ideas presented. I thought the plan of salvation, the gospel was very strong in it, Mm -hmm. and uh, the, the story was so well told. Yeah, so well told, and that's where I think one of the things we have to remember in Christian cinema, in order to get that message out there, because it's in the marketplace, you do have to compete 
we've talked about this before right. where you're like, oh, another Christian movie. You know, it's going to be a B movie, a C yeah. level movie. Uh, and then it doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. We like it. We go see it. But it's not going to invade the culture. That's why John and Andy will openly talk about, hey, we want to we want to get to the point where we can make blockbusters because the blockbuster, the money it's making, will send it to China, it'll send it to Taiwan, it'll send it all around the world because those theater chains want to make money, which is always fascinating that they figure that stuff out. But there's two different ways to come at it. Would you ever tell, is, is there a hard, fast line in the sand, Christopher, like with R-rated films, where you would say, okay, I think we can all agree this film you should not see. I think there's films like that. I think there are. I, you know, when it comes to which film, I'm not going to say which ones, but I think there has to be discernment, and the Christian has to make that decision. But then again, also, I'm teaching young people, and if I do see something, I'm very uh, discreet in who I talk to the film about. If yeah. a student will ask me a question, I'll talk to them about it. But I'm not one that's going to broadcast. I know I'm on the radio right now, but I'm not going to be one who's going to broadcast everything sure. I'm seeing. Right. And I, I think as a Christian, you have to have discernment and you have to have respect for others that have those opinions and that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them in a different way. Um, we it, It's an easy line to draw yeah, when yeah. we say R-rated or PG-13. Uh, those are easy lines to draw. And I know there are films out there that are, according to the world standard, the MPAA rating, uh, are R-rated, but have strong stories that resonate yeah. with our Christian themes. Well, let me throw an interesting curveball at you. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this before. Uh, did you see Nefarious? No, but that's one of those things I think I know a lot about. I, it just wasn't on my radar at the time, yeah. and it didn't uh, come out when I was going. Yeah, so Nefarious, uh, yeah, that's Steve Dace, who's a buddy of mine. And Nefarious is based on the book, and, and the book was Nefarious. The book itself was about Nefarious this demon was tasked, very similar to Screwtape Letters. But his job was to right. basically take down the United States of America. That's what the book is about. But the preface of the book is, all right, how did we get this? He, he basically had the whole thing written out. Where did this come from? That's what the movie is. How do we how do we actually come into possession of this manuscript? The 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 Hollywood gave the movie an R rating. There's not there's no right. there's no sexual content. There's no language. There's a fairly cheesy scene at the end when uh, spoiler alert nefarious the guy that he's possessed <laughs> uh, gets the death penalty by electrocution. And and there's a there's a, a moment that's that's not graphic. Uh, visually, but is very strong in leaning into, hey, you're, you're, hey, what's the deal with your son? Oh, that's right. He's being aborted right now. And so the very strong language, but Hollywood says that's an R rated movie. And, and a lot of Christians are like, I can't go see that. And they didn't even know. They just assumed, right. which I appreciate you bringing up about discernment. Do a little research like you did with Oppenheimer. Go see why it's R rated. Don't just throw it out. Yeah, there are so many websites, there's so much information out there that will give you what's in the film without giving you the spoiler alert, and you can right. make wise decisions. I think as a parent, you want your children to make wise decisions, so uh, teach them how to do that. 
Uh, I remember growing up and uh, books and literature were important and parents talking through those ideas. I think watching a film with your kids is important. Yeah, it's a great point. And by the way, on that, I'm going to put you on hold, Christopher. We've got one more segment to go. I'm going to put you on hold. On that point, by the way, uh, Plugged In Online. It's an excellent resource. Plugged In Online is run by Focus on the Family. Movie Guide run by Ted Bear. You can go there and get all the information you need about any of these movies coming out. All kinds of content, language, all of it before you ever step foot. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Every Thursday, a delight with our friends at BJU Seminary and Bob Jones University Theology Thursday, uh, where we uh, usually are swimming around in the deep end of the pool. And every once in a while, we'll have a conversation that leans a little bit more what's going on out in the culture. It's a little less theoretical, perhaps a little less philosophical, uh, not less theological, but maybe less academic uh, for an average person listening to it. And so today, actually, one of my favorite uh, topics, you can probably figure this out uh, if you're looking at me on Facebook Live or Rumble that, uh, hey, Steve, what's with all the Star Wars stuff in your studio? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> now you know what my deal is when it comes to movies. Christopher, thanks so much again for being with us today. I really appreciate yeah. you being here. Yeah. So I wanted to turn the corner a little bit. Here. I want to turn the corner a little bit, and I, and I think uh, one of my friends at Truth Radio told you this. Uh, do you perceive, I mean, you're in that academic world at, a, at an incredible right. university that has an incredible fine arts program. I am concerned. I've seen it in my own students and stuff over the years. I've seen it in our own son when he announces, I want to go into the video game industry. How many parents have heard that in the last 15 years? And we're like, right. oh, you're going to go into the swamp. You might as well go work in D.C. or Sodom and Gomorrah, whatever. And I think, I, I think I've seen a lot of parents because I was hesitant, too, and my wife as well. When our kids growing up in our Christian homes – are start showing interest in the fine arts. They want to be in plays. They want to, they want to look at movie production. They, anything in the right, fine arts. Right. Uh, I think a lot of us kind of maybe pull back on that. Sh- should we, or are we kind of missing the boat? I, I think if God has given your children this bent towards art, uh, that this child, maybe when they're very young, they pick up garbage out of the garbage can and make a mobile out of it, or that they uh, start to point out things when they're watching Little Einsteins or something like that, that they start to see these little details. And this ability that God has given them, I think you have a responsibility to start teaching them how to use the arts correctly, to know how to discern what is beauty? How does God define beauty? How do we then create? We are creation, therefore we create. How do we give back that creation back to God? And so I think you have a responsibility as a parent to seek out ways to foster that ability with them, to watch film, to talk with it. Video games, to me, video games are the art form of the 21st century. Film was 20th century. And we're moving to a place where video games have better stories. They are telling deep, rich stories in which the person, usually first person, is involved in the story. And so to be able to tell and use these effectively is important for a parent. There are so many resources out there, and I hear this all the time from frustrated parents of 
how do I reach or teach my child who is interested in art? Yeah, because because that's not generally something that we, we look at that as kind of whether it's Hollywood, it's New York, it's fleshly. Right. Because and then I'm so glad we could do a whole show on what is actually beautiful because. Right. You know, we say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, wrong. <laughs> beauty is going to be defined by it's the creator. Uh, and so but but when you see that, what I, I'll talk about this in my Christian ethics class for high school students. One of the one of the lessons that we do is on work and vocation. And I talk about right. it, and I'll share this with parents and say, OK, so uh, your daughter comes home and she's like a freshman in high school or she's nearing the end of high school. She says, I think I want to teach. I'd really love to teach clarinet to middle schoolers or elementary school kids. I think the first thing most of us do, Christopher, is get a calculator. <laughs> I get a calculator and I go, yep. you can't you can't make a living doing that. That that's and I could very well be thwarting exactly how God created my daughter. If that were the case. <clears throat> and right. I think that's right. that's where that's where I want to encourage people, don't let uh wrong thinking wrong thinking Christians steer you away from your son or your daughter actually pursuing the way they were actually made. That's exciting to me to actually be able to sew into that. Very much, very much. And I have parents that I sit down with all the time that talk about, well, are they going to be able to make money? Or they steer their children. I, I have one student who his parent, his father would not let him be a cinema major. And so he obeyed his father. He started in accounting, was miserable, yeah. uh, tried another major that his father wanted, was miserable. This young man had incredible talent, and he had an eye for the field. And once he embraced that and the father embraced that, there was a flourishing and this desire to use the talents for the Lord and to find a way to communicate and give his talents back to the Lord. Yeah, which is so exciting, and uh, and again, you know, you you don't want to. Uh, God opposes the proud. I don't necessarily right. want the God of the universe <laughs> opposing me. Uh, and again, I think it's cool to to be able to see uh, and be very discerning. Like our, and I, I know I'm t- talking about our oldest, but uh, with all four of our kids, we've seen things in them from from pretty early ages that you go, okay, there's some predisposition here. Or fearfully and wonderfully right. made, I think by implication, I would say specifically. And then you, you keep an eye on that and you go, okay. And and if, if you can channel that and then teach them how to use that to the glory of God and as a benefit to your fellow man to love your neighbor well, oh my goodness, I, what an incredible opportunity. Instead of I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. You're playing the <laughs> instrument that your creator handed you. I mean, that to me, that's just exciting. And I think the the parents who sometimes get frustrated who aren't with an artistic bend, they have to spend a little time learning how a film works or why art is important, which art, so that they can show it to their children and show the children a way of acceptance, that they accept their children as being artists and to teach them how to glorify God in this field, that, you know, they will make money. Uh, It may not be tons of it. But if this is how God created them, and God wants them to teach and preach through the labors of their hands, the artistry, mm. that that is an acceptable form of worshiping God. Yeah, and then who are you relying on to provide for you anyway? <laughs> At that point. Right. Uh, it's such a great— right. How do you guys—tell What? Tell me about—we have a few minutes left, Christopher. Tell me about the students that are coming to Bob Jones University in the Fire Nights. How are they seeing this? How are they thinking through it? <laughs> 
Well, we get students from all different backgrounds. Um, I love going out to conventions and conferences, meeting parents, talking to parents. But then when we have those students coming into camps, we just added a new camp uh, this summer for animation. And it was incredible. We were expecting four or five campers to be interested in animation. We uh, partnered with a company called Brainy Pixels, and we had 14 campers who were just, fascinating individuals some had red hair some had blue hair but you know (laughs) to spend these time and talk to them about how they can worship god through the labor of their hands through the creation of animation it was just a very encouraging week yeah that's super exciting to hear and by the way you say somebody might say well my my son or my daughter isn't fine arts person, isn't creative. They're a math person. They're a statistics person. They're a management person. They're a systems person. <laughs> That's the exact same thing. That That is a predisposition that God created them that way. And they can take that and use it to glorify him, to build the kingdom and to reach the lost. I, I think all of those things are exciting. Right. Very much. I mean, God has given us in so many different ways. And to see someone embrace the gifts that God has given them and learn how to use that to glorify God, that the editing can be a form of worshiping Mm -hmm. God as you edit your project, as you edit something or work on the sound that can be giving back to God, what he has given to you. Yeah, that's such, and that's, and that's what a comprehensive, uh, active biblical worldview does. It's not just a little nook and cranny here and there. It's comprehensive. You lay it over everything. Every nook and cranny gets covered by that. Everything. Everything. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, all right. So we've got, I would say, about a minute and a half, Christopher. For for parents and grandparents listening, just give them an invitation into the fine arts program at Bob Jones University. I would love that. Well, we are a well-rounded film school, art program, whichever program that you would want your children to go to. You have college professors that are compassionate about the gospel and uh, passionate about the art form. And so your student, your grandchild, will become who their professors are. Individuals who are teaching your children will become the role models and mentors. And so choosing carefully is important. And at Bob Jones University, we educate the whole person, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, all of these things working together to teach them that art is important. And the spread of the gospel can be through art. Yeah, and I love that. And that's one of those areas where a lot of the culture will believe some of the things that we were talking about, people outside the church. And so why why would a Christian be involved in the fine arts? And so there's another open door, which I think is great. I'd love to for us to show up in places where they don't expect us to be. They being outsiders and then to come in there and work with more than ever. Oh, man, more than ever. I think it's such a great opportunity, by the way. And and you can just look this up. I mean, I'll put the link on Facebook and in. Uh, rumble that you can just go to bju.edu and just like the film school i mean it's right there film and digital storytelling and you can find all of that there and cinema courses it's really amazing it's such a great blessing and uh christopher as always great to see you we'll get zoom working next time uh but it's great to have you on thank you for your passion and for your uh, expertise it's really always a blessing thank you all right pal next time have a great one we'll see you bye-bye that was christopher zeitowitz out there at Bob Jones University, super cool. I'm looking, I'm literally looking at it. There's all kinds of cinema courses. I love that. Let's get out there, invade the culture, bring the truth of God, 
the uh, glory of God, the beauty of God, bring the gospel out there. There's the line in the sand in places, of course. But man, do you think Hollywood needs more Christians or less? That's a pretty obvious answer, isn't it? This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.